Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Amen. Family in Christ, today we're going to continue our sermon series on the parables of Jesus. A parable was a story that Jesus would share with others to illustrate a specific spiritual or moral lesson. And today we're going to be be specifically looking at the parable of the unmerciful servant, which can be found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35. Matthew 18, 23 through 35. Now, this parable was said by Jesus, and the book of Matthew was written by God through the apostle Matthew. Matthew, one of the original 12 disciples who saw all that Jesus did with his ministry on earth. It's very relevant for you and I because it really shows the demeanor we should have to others in regards to forgiveness. So read along with me, Matthew chapter 18, 23 through 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that that had taken place. And then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue to worship by diving into your scripture, I pray that this would be a time where we truly have fellowship with you. Father, let Jesus be exalted and let him change us now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Picture right here is one of my favorite people on the planet. This is Carter Crenshaw. When I was in junior high, he was one of the volunteers with my youth group. And then when I was in my 20s, he was my single uh, singles pastor at Christ Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee. 
And then fast forward in town now, he's been for some time the senior pastor of West End Community Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Carter is a Bible-believing, gossiping the gospel type of person. He has a great heart. And when he was at Christ Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee, I would love to pick him up at his office, and then we go drive around in the backwoods of Williamson County, which you see in the background, that's a picture of Williamson County, just the beautiful trees, you see deer, you see turkey, you see all kind of wildlife, and we would just talk. We talk about just normal life stuff, but it, the conversation always would turn to spiritual things. And I never will forget, there was a time I was really struggling with some gross sin in my life. And I just, I didn't know what to do with it. And Carter was asking him about that, and I just confessed to him. And I will never, ever forget his response. He just looked at me in the eye and said, Michael, I love you anyway. Michael, I love you anyway. Carter had mercy on me. What is mercy? Mercy is when we deserve one thing, but we get something else. Friends, the main point of this sermon is this. Christians are to be conduits of mercy. Christians, all of us, as believers in this sanctuary, we are to be channels where God's mercy can be given to others. And we're looking at three areas. We're going to look at merciful actions, we're going to look at unmerciful actions, and we're going to look at the parable applications. So let's look at the first area, merciful actions. The first point is recognize the injustice. Go back to the parable, verses 23 through 35. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle all accounts with his servants. And when we began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Well, just from our perspective, you're like, well, that sounds like a lot. Well, 6,000 denarii equals one talent. And the average price, if you compare it today, based on scholars, is one denarius was about 28 bucks. So this servant owed the master, if you do the math, 1.68 billion dollars. Let me repeat that. 1.68 billion dollars. Keep on reading. And since he could not pay, obviously, because that's a ton, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. Whenever you give mercy, the first thing you got to do is recognize the injustice. The injustice in this parable is this specific servant owed his master everything. Everything. But then the master recognized the need for mercy. This servant deserves one thing, but he gives something else. Recognize the need for mercy. Verse 26, so the servant fell to his knees, imploring to him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Rhetorical question, do you think the servant could realistically pay the master back $1.68 billion? Absolutely not. So the master said, I'm going to give this servant mercy. And what does he do? He gives mercy. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him, and pay attention, 
and forgave him the debt. This servant owed this master everything. This master had mercy on him. And not only did he release him, but he forgave him of having to pay back that $1.68 billion. This is a picture of George Marshall. George Marshall was the chief of staff in the Army during World War II. He was President Roosevelt's chief uh, military strategist. And we all know the Marshall Plan in World War II, after we had gone into Europe and did what we did, then we, as a country, invested $13 billion to rebuild Europe. In terms of today's dollars, that's $138 billion. We were victorious, were we not? But what did we do? We exercised mercy. And not only did we rebuild our allies, we re rebuilt the economies of our enemies. We had mercy. So if we don't give others mercy, the other alternative is unmerciful actions. And what, are, what does that look like? Well, one, we recognize the, the injustice, but then we demand justice. Look at, listen to verse 28. But when that safe servant went out, he went, went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which in terms of today's dollars was 2,800 bucks. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. This servant who was just forgiven of $1.68 billion dollars then later on goes to one servant who owes him $2,800 and says, you owe this to me, and began to choke him and say, pay it. Did he have a right to be upset that there was a debt owed to him? Sure. But again, the context of the entire parable, his actions are poor. He ignores the need for mercy. Look at verse 29. It says, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he doesn't have patience with him. He ignores the need for mercy. And what, did he, what does he do? He does not give mercy. We see this in verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. This servant was given mercy, and then when he has the opportunity to give mercy, what does he do? He doesn't give it. I see this all the time as a chaplain in marriage counseling. Paint you a scenario that I've actually have dealt with numerous times. I'll meet with a couple in counseling, and the wife is really upset at her husband because the husband is struggling with pornography and she is she's just not upset she is mad and on the outset I would say and she has the right to be mad however sometimes when we peel back those numerous counseling sessions and peel back that onion that wife has committed adultery on her husband five times he's forgiven her he's given her mercy but she will not give him mercy 
Do you see the blatant hypocrisy? Now, side note, on this side of heaven, we're all hypocrites to a certain degree. But do you see the blatant hypocrisy of that? So let's look at the parable application. First is, have mercy on others as God has had mercy on you. Verses 32 and 33 says this, Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? We as believers are to be conduits of mercy. We're to give mercy to other people. Why? Because you have received mercy and I have received mercy. Outside of Jesus, all of us de deserve to be eternally separated from God and his people in a very real place called hell. But because of his mercy, we get paradise. Have mercy on others as God has had mercy on you. And the second thing, whoops, sorry. If you un are unmerciful, God will be unmerciful to you. Verse 34 and 35. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Friends, through Jesus, God has forgiven us of everything. With our regards to our sins, the past, present, and future sins. Hallelujah, what a Savior. But if he's forgiven us, we too are to be conduits of mercy and to forgive others. Let's review what we've seen this morning. Christians are to be conduits of mercy. We've seen merciful actions. Merciful actions are where you recognize the injustice, you recognize the need for mercy, but what do you do? You give mercy. And unmerciful actions are you recognize the injustice and you demand justice. You ignore the need for mercy and you do not give mercy. And the parable applications are have mercy on others as God has had mercy on you. And if you are unmerciful, God will be unmerciful to you. Now, some of you personality-wise have a high sense of justice, I would imagine. I do. Myers-Briggs, anybody take that personality test? I'm an ESTJ, extroverted, sensing, thinking, judging, and my judging is 100%. Mercy Ministries is not one of my spiritual gifts, although as a believer, I know we need it. But here's the reality. This is a picture of Christ coming back as judge by Michelangelo. We are still in the age of grace. When Jesus first came, he came as an agent of mercy and of grace. And he came and took on all of our sins and took that to the cross to satisfy God's justice. And all we have to do is believe in him and we're forever with God and his people. But friends, it's just as simple as this. As much mercy has been given to you through Jesus, we are to be human beings that give that same kind of mercy to others. And it's hard. 
It's hard. But remember, when Jesus comes back, he will be judged and he will render all accounts settled. And if you are in him, you will be with him forever. And if you are not in him, you will not be with him and his people forever. It's through his mercy that you are saved. So I encourage you, believers who've been believers for a while, are you being merciful towards others? And if you're not, repent of it and get back on track. Look to Jesus, the prime example of that mercy. And then for unbelievers who are in this room, don't wait any longer. Tap into this mercy, this mercy that's given through Jesus, because it's only through his mercy that you can have eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue to worship by transitioning and, and taking your Lord's Supper, Father, thank you that you have given us mercy through Jesus. Thank you that because of Jesus and him alone, we can have a relationship with you. And Father, thank you that we're about to jump in to, and take the Lord's Supper where we can commune with Jesus and be with him. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook.